Hi, my name is Quanice Floyd. And I'm Peter Dayton. Welcome to the Embrace Podcast. A program of the Embrace series, which is a partnership between arts education in Maryland schools and the Maryland State Department of Education Fine Arts Office. This podcast will examine the human side of arts education and is an opportunity to highlight arts educators from around the state of Maryland. During each episode, we will interview an arts educator to talk about their journey. Each interviewee will be facilitating a workshop as a part of the Embrace series. Our guest today is Tavish Forsyth. He is an improviser, educator, and the founder of Bird City Improv. Tavish is also an adjunct faculty at the Center for Leadership Education at Johns Hopkins University. He's facilitating Creative Space and Intention, an Embrace session for Maryland's Creative Teaching Force on Tuesday, May 5th from 1 p.m. to 1.45 p.m. Tavish, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Peter. That's a, that's quite a, a resume for an introduction, improviser, educator, and then founder of Bird City. So how would you describe your work? It sounds, of course, you've got your improv work, but it, it sounds like if we talk about you as an artist, it's more encompassing than simply the the theatrical aspects of improv. Yeah, I, I would say it's a little more encompassing than that. Although lately, I do find myself identifying almost exclusively uh, as an improviser, but my background is in theater and filmmaking. Um, and I think the reason why I identify strongly with improv is because it relates to uh, so many different things. I, I, I see improv as being beyond the scope of theater. I think it's just acting without a script and it involves mindfulness, it involves an extreme degree of collaboration and self-awareness. So rather, rather than being like a, a technique or um, a rather than being, say, a mode of acting, it, it sounds like it's more of a mode of living in a sense that there's a mentality behind improv that that carries over beyond the stage or or the the improv space. That's exactly right. My favorite definition of improv is it's finding the fullest potential in what is readily available. And we all improvise every single day because none of us wake up with a script in our hands. Uh, And if we subscribe to that definition of finding the potential in what is readily available, the next question is, well, what is readily available to us? And it's our own experiences. It's the space that we're in. It's other people that we're in relationship to. It's how we're feeling right now. Uh, And the way that we find the fullest potential um, in whatever moment it might be is uh, by finding a way to go with the flow. And in improv, the golden rule is yes and. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty popular phrase nowadays. It's definitely out there. But yes is about embracing the situation that you're in and and is about finding a way to capitalize on that situation. Another version of the yes and uh, one that I've heard, I've uh, I'm not claiming a theater background, but have done some improvisation games in my various uh, art education experiences. Uh, another another version of that I've heard is the uh, red light, yellow light, green light uh, mentalities, where um, where it, it's pretty hard to maintain an improv scene if you continually shut down your partner uh, and and don't don't react and build off of what they're doing, but deflect it. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding ways not to deflect, but to to move with uh, what we're experiencing is a, is a mentality that, that carries far beyond. Yeah, I think a problem that a lot of beginner improvisers face is the problem that we all frequently face in our in our daily lives and our personal lives, which is problematizing a situation, mm. identifying flaws before identifying opportunities. 
ignoring silver linings. And that certainly is something that I think we're all experiencing right now. It's something that I certainly experienced uh, the first few weeks of this quarantine. And, but I think improv sort of allowed me to, to reframe the experience in a slightly more positive way. Um, and I say that with due respect for everyone for whom this is immensely challenging. How did you become involved in the arts? What sparked your passion for uh, improv, for uh, any of your creative work? You said you were involved in film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? What, how did that journey begin? I would say it began in high school. I was involved with my drama club and I loved my English classes, which had a lot of creative writing. And I was also involved in student government, which is creative in its own right. Uh, And through those experiences, I decided that when I went to college, uh, I wanted to study storytelling, filmmaking, and theater. And then in undergrad, I ended up taking an improv class, which led to another improv class, and a few more. And then I ended up teaching. And then I fell in love with teaching. And slowly over the course of several years, I shifted from identifying as a performer and, and theater maker and filmmaker to uh, an improvising. It's, I mean, it, it sounds like there was a, a real opportunity for you in your, uh, in your education to explore that potential. Is there a particular teacher that you want to highlight for being an important part of that journey? Yeah, I think there were like three educators at different chapters of my life that made a huge difference in my own artistic career. Uh, in high school, it was a man named Evan Chizovsky. Uh He was my English teacher. He was the drama club director. He was just so kind and, and generous and enthusiastic and, you know, just, just unabashedly supportive, I think, and also very challenging. He never, you know, let me or any of his students settle for good enough And then in college, I think for me, a teacher uh, was a woman named Linda Chambers. Again, so charismatic, so generous with her time, uh, so thoughtful. She used to tell me anytime you get an idea or anytime someone proposes an idea that you should try it, that every idea is worth trying at least once. And I think that's certainly true of improv. And I I think about that phrase quite a bit. Uh, After graduation, a man named Terry Withers, who's the managing director of the Baltimore Improv Group, moved to Baltimore a few years ago from New York City. And the way that he's transformed uh, Baltimore Improv Group from a uh, small community theater to this thriving community hub uh, has been absolutely inspiring. And he's also been just very generous with his insights, both in terms of his creative practice and how he runs a business and all those good things. Did you grow up in Maryland? I didn't. No, I grew up in New Hampshire, but I moved to Maryland in 2011. So I went to undergrad at Stevenson University. And then afterward, I fell in love and fell in love with the city. And so I stayed here. We talked a little bit about your journey yourself in becoming a a creative practitioner and a creative educator. Can you tell us a little more about your Embrace presentation? Yeah. Um, so my Embrace presentation, it's called Creative Space and Intention. And it's a workshop where we'll be doing a lot of mindfulness exercises, journaling to reflect on our values, our goals and our fears, and kind of just taking our own emotional temperature and then trying to uh, use that knowledge to inform how we create uh, space and how we create intentional space, which I think is really important right now when space feels limited. And 
as artists, as educators, we need to find a way to activate uh, the space of our home in a new and fulfilling way. So I was about to ask you, because space could be a sort of broad word, are, are we talking physical space or uh, psychological or emotional space? I'm sure the answer is all, but expound a little more on, on how on we will be relating to space in your in your workshop. Yeah, I think the answer is all, right? Because our external world affects our internal world and our internal world affects our external world. I think it, it feels obvious for me to say, but that's actually kind of a discovery that took many, many years for me to realize and, and then furthermore to, to actualize that knowledge. And so in this workshop, after we take stock of our internal space, what's going on inside of ourselves, where our values lie right now, how we're processing different, um, let's say like primary emotions, uh, mad, glad, sad, afraid, uh, disgust, what our goals are, uh, to then turn that uh, attention uh, outwards to the, uh, the physical space, the physical space that we're inhabiting and seeing if there are ways that we can live more mindfully uh, in that space or use composition and, and design to sort of create a space that is conducive uh, to creativity and happy living. I feel like I'm speaking with all this wishy-washy flowery language and I don't know if I'm actually explaining what I'm trying to do. Well, I, I think, and this is this is true as well of um, the workshop that just happened today. Uh, we're recording this on uh, April 20th, which was the airing of the first Embrace presentation that Michael Bell did, uh, which was a really uh, wonderful experience. There are about 80 people uh, who engaged with it. And I think one of the reasons why it can be tough to pin down some of this language is because what I'm seeing from at least this first one and, and from talking with Dana and Nicoletta so far is is that that these sessions are about providing a framework for the educator, for the, the participant and recipient to make something out of themselves. So these are like principles that then people have to engage in themselves. So I, I guess I sympathize with your feeling like you're not saying much, but you really are. I know that people are going to get a lot out of the experience and just, just providing a space in which people explore and ask these probing questions of themselves is an important act right now. Absolutely. Let me let me try to take a swing at using some more concrete ideas. Sure. For me, uh, in, in creating my own space and in designing the layout of my apartment, there are two kind of interior design philosophies that have informed the way that I've decorated. And the, they are Huga, which is the Danish philosophy of happiness and coziness. And the other one is minimalism which is spiritually analogous, uh, I would say, to Buddhism or feng shui. Uh, and minimalism is about finding the value of things and only filling your life with the things that bring you value. I think minimalism is often confused uh, as being totally sparse uh, and empty and devoid of any joy or meaning. And that's the exact opposite of what it is. It's about decluttering our lives physically and as we declutter our lives physically to declutter our internal lives uh, emotionally. And then Hugo, which I mentioned a second ago, is uh, the Danish philosophy of, of, of coziness and happiness. And I, I read a book um, about like a year ago, a, fr a friend had, had given me this book uh, of the same name. And basically, like the Danes are statistically the happiest people on earth, uh, according to sociologists. 
uh, and it's a little unusual because they're very northerly. Uh, you know, you'd think being indoors in like a cold environment, they would be a little bit more depressed, but they find ways uh, to be a little happier. And that's because they like fill their lives with, with um, like cozy things and soft things and things with things that have like the right smell and the right lighting. And it's, it's a very uh, conscious and, and mindful practice uh, or, or lifestyle, I suppose. Uh, and so those are, those are two things that have minimalism and hygge that have sort of inspired my own living, but also inspired uh, my creative practice. Well, that certainly does uh, concretize it a little bit more. And I, I think it's it's probably going to be a very interesting experience for, for the people who participate to, since we're spending so much time in our homes, to then uh, look at some mentalities that examine the home space itself as an opportunity for creativity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In your own experience of this uh, of this time and, and the way that you are processing it, um, are there other ways that you have found that engaging the arts is is helping you during the current pandemic? Well, I think writing has certainly been uh, a big help. Um, doing a lot of journaling, uh, meditation has been a big help, which maybe, uh, again, it, it isn't sort of like evident by everything else that I've said in this interview. Mindfulness and meditation is a intrinsic part of my creative practice um, and that has been hugely helpful in processing uh, but I also think finding community online uh, and performance opportunities online have been extremely helpful earlier I mentioned the Baltimore improv group they've been offering online classes uh, I've been teaching one of those online classes and they've also been doing online performances and broadcasting those performances uh, over YouTube. Basically, they'll use a video conferencing software like Zoom, record, um, edit down their best clips, and then post those clips online. And it's, I think Baltimore Improv Group and and the community there has shown an immense amount of resilience uh, in the face of this crisis and has brought a lot of joy in members of that community who are still able to participate. And even even outside of the act of creating improvised theater, I know that the connection just between members of that community are still really strong. I'm part of a Dungeons and Dragons group full of other improvisers that has been meeting regularly via Zoom. uh, And that's brought a lot of joy. There've been a lot of video, video chats. There's even been a few game nights over Zoom. And I I think that those connections wouldn't be there if it weren't for the community created as a byproduct of the creative practice before the pandemic, but also people's willingness to continue to create during the pandemic has been very inspirational for me and I think very inspirational for other creators as well and students. We're uh, We're finding a lot of yes and mentality uh, coming out of people. And it's, it is really encouraging and inspiring. Absolutely. Tavish, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, your workshop, your first workshop, I believe that you had, do have others uh, on the docket as well. Your first workshop is Creative Space and Intention and is taking place on Tuesday, May 5th from 1 p.m. to 1.45 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Peter.
Thank you for listening to the Embrace podcast. For more information on arts education in Maryland schools, visit aems-edu.org. To learn more about the Embrace series and how to register for a session, go to msdefinearts.org. Stay safe and stay creative.